1: Good morning, everybody. Seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. September the 8th, 2023, the NFL season kicked off last night. It was an upset. Um, a lot of people, though, thought this was going to happen, but uh, it was an upset, and uh Frankly, probably shouldn't have been, uh, but we're going to get to all that and uh, talk other NFL news and get the predictions. Dan Zampano is going to join us here in about 10 minutes. Uh, You'll want to stay tuned for that. We'll talk about last night's game and the other stuff coming up uh, this week. Um, Coco Goff makes the first Grand Slam final of her career. She, uh, actually, it's her first final at, uh, at the U.S. Open. She won last night, beat uh, Caroline Muchova in straight sets, 6-4, 7-5. Kind of a bizarre night. Um, there was a about almost an hour delay in the middle of the match because of some climate, uh, environmental uh, activists. One of the guys actually glued his bare feet to the concrete. So there were three of them or four of them, and they got arrested. But it took, like, almost an hour to get this guy unglued from from the floor. Uh, what? Uh, you know, I, you know for the first thing I, I heard, that, I was like, oh, what the hell is that supposed to accomplish? And, and I, I, I don't understand that at all. Oh, oh my God. So uh, they finally get him unstuck. And uh, Goff said she just kind of treated it as a rain delay. They Both uh, both participants went back into the locker room and came back out, and uh, she won. She will take on uh, Ariana Seblenka of Belarus for the title on Saturday. Um, uh, Seblenka had a hard time yesterday beating Madison Keys. It was almost an all-U.S. final. Madison Keys won the first set in her semifinal against Sabalenka, 6-love, and then lost the second and third sets, both of them in a tiebreaker, 7-6, 7-6. That match didn't end till almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, but I wasn't staying up uh, as it just kept going on and on and on. Um, uh, Sabalenka is number two in the world. She's the number two seed in the tournament. She won the Australian Open in January. She's 23-2 and two in Grand Slam matches this season. Uh, regardless of what happens in the final on Saturday, she will be the new number one in the world um, next week. But Goff's going to have her hands full. But the fact that, uh, she, look, she's only 19 years old. She became the first uh, American teenager to make it to the final in the U.S. Open since Serena Williams did it so uh pretty good company right there so that will be on saturday so uh, good for her and uh the, the future is bright for american tennis uh the us men had a great us open keys and golf doing so well so uh maybe uh the us starting to reassert itself uh in the world uh of international tennis um Just a couple of things about baseball last night. The Red Sox were off. They will play the Orioles in a three-game series starting this weekend, uh, starting tonight. The Red Sox are still five games out with, what, 22 games to play. They're not making the playoffs. You know, I mean, we talked about this, you know, on and on and on, but... uh, I can't wait for it to be over. The only thing I want now for the Red Sox is just finish ahead of the Yankees. Just please. That's all I ask. Don't finish in last place. Just finish ahead of the Yankees. Uh, A lot of talk in Boston uh, on WEEI uh, yesterday. Uh, Rumors have started that uh, there's quote-unquote sources have said that Heim Bloom is on his way out in Boston. I'll believe that when I see it. I don't root for anybody to lose his job necessarily. Um, We've all, you know, had issues in our career, so I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not like rooting for anybody to necessarily get fired. But Heim Bloom, um, while he has built up the foreign system, what he did in the off season as far as free agency and uh, trades, et cetera, et cetera, uh, was just pathetic. And the, the reason the Red Sox are where they are, despite the fact that they can hit, um, the fact that they did not address the pitching, the starting pitching at all. Um, is the problem. So, you know, it may be time for a change. Not that I'm rooting for it, but at some point you got to look at it and say, okay, dude, you only did half the job here. Farm system, good. Major league team, not so good. Uh, but baseball action from last night of note. Uh, the Seattle Mariners beat the Tampa Bay Rays last night, 1-0. Uh, so Seattle now 79-61. and they are still five games back of Tampa in the number race for the number one wild card. But more importantly, if you're Seattle, you're only a half a game back of the Houston Astros in the AL West. Two and a half clear of Texas in the AL West, who sits in third. Texas uh, in a bit of a slide after getting swept by the Houston Astros in a huge series. But Luis Castillo last night won his sixth straight decision. Um, he is now 12-7, and seven, allowed four hits, struck out eight. Um, worked out of a couple of big jams, threw 108 pitches, uh, which is I think his season high. Uh, so a, a good win last night for the Mariners. And the Arizona Diamondbacks got themselves back into playoff position. They beat the Cubs last night, six to two. So Arizona now in the number three wild card position in the National League. The wild card in the National League is just crazy. Philly, Chicago, Arizona currently are your wild card teams. Miami a half a game back, Cincinnati a half a game back, and the San Francisco Giants two and a half games back. So that one may go down to the last game of the season. Uh, San Francisco still in it two and a half back despite the fact they've lost six in a row. But Tommy Pham, uh, former Red Sox left fielder from last year, two home runs in that game. He's got 15 on the season. He's played well. Um, And uh, Quetel Marte hit his 22nd home run of the season last night. And Arizona tonight... Will send Zach Gallen, uh, who is fourteen and seven, against Jamison Tyon, who has had a rough season for the Chicago Cubs, uh, with a chance to uh, improve their standing in the uh, National League Wild Card. They're only two games back of Chicago. For that number two spot so a big big series and a big game tonight it is 14 minutes past the hour we're going to take a break when we come back dan zampano is going to join us to talk nfl football back in a minute you're listening to the wake-up call on sports country it is 16 minutes past the hour welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Friday morning, and he is with us. The first regular season game last night. Dan Zampano, uh, a late one, a an upset last night, I guess you'd have to call. It. A lot of people are big fans of the Lions, but, you know, you can call it an upset if you want, but I don't know about you, but to me, the Kansas City Chiefs should have won that game. They gave that one away.
0: Yeah, Gene, it was a great opening night. I thought it was a really competitive game. I thought it was a little bit of a sloppy game. Uh, I'll definitely give you that um on both sides really i thought the chiefs and the lions both had some questionable decisions last night but if, you know when you want to play the chiefs and you want to beat the chiefs sloppy is the name of the game dirty right. is the name of the game and that's exactly the way detroit wanted it and that's exactly what they got and they pulled out a one point victory it was a, even though kansas city was shorthanded you got to give credit where credit is due for Detroit to do that—a team that hasn't had a win like that in a while.
1: Right, no Travis Kelsey last night, obviously, with that hyperextension of the knee. Uh, Chris Jones still in the middle of a holdout, but last night, uh, Kadarius Tony—he uh, drops a a, a big. Uh, Pass play that could have been a first down, a big gainer. Then he had another one go off his hands. that ended up getting picked off. Um, But I thought really the key to last night, I really thought that the Detroit uh, defense did a good job of not allowing Patrick Mahomes to get comfortable. And even when he does his, you know, his magician stuff where he's running all over the place, I thought they still did a pretty good job of staying home and containing um, and not allowing some of those crazy plays that he often manages to pull off.
0: Well, I think one of the key things for them was limiting the big plays. They had one... Big, giant play down the middle of the field to Marquez Valdez-Scanling in the first half. Right. Right at the end when you thought that Detroit, wow, Detroit's playing great, unbelievable. They got him in a third and and long and and this and that, and bang, there he goes, third and 17. They give that up. I mean, so so he had some moments, but I I don't know. I, I thought Patrick Mahomes last night, for as many drops as the Chiefs had, there were some plays where he was throwing off his back foot and the yeah. air just wasn't in the ball. Yep. I mean, he just couldn't get it there. And it was weird to see him, a guy who's got all this arm strength and all this talent, and he was coming up short on a lot of these deep crossers as well. So we can place blame in a lot of places. I think it is very easily spreadable. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I mean, I, I don't know – whether he woke up that morning and, and somebody surgically removed his hands and put crowbars <laughs> in them. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure what was wrong with him last night, but uh, I'm sure he drove his fantasy managers nuts. Yeah, But at the same time, look, uh, I thought the Chiefs defense played well, but I thought there were some plays in execution time where the Lions kind of took over the line of scrimmage, especially in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to if Chris Jones was in that game, I think it really would have changed the entire game plan for Ben Johnson's offense. And, you know, give credit where credit is due, man. I mean, that offensive line was the strength. They had to rely on it. And when it mattered, that's exactly what won them the game.
1: Perhaps maybe one of the strangest decisions that I've seen in a while. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it probably didn't matter. But, you know, late in the game when – Kansas City was facing a 4th and 20 with and they had three timeouts in their pocket. They chose to go for it. And then of course they get a false start so it becomes 4th and 25 and they still go for it there. Um I mean hindsight's always 2020, but isn't that a case where you got to don't you have to punt that football because if you punt it and you kick it back into Detroit territory, maybe they're calling different plays than they would. Because they're already deep in Kansas City territory, because they take over on fourth down. I just thought Andy Reid likes to be a gambler, but I I didn't get that one.
0: There was just no logic behind it. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't understand it. Okay, good. I mean, you think about this. Think about this. You're at fourth and twenty five at your at your at your own thirty five. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in actuality, if you make one stop off the punt, I mean. You're getting the ball back with probably a minute, no timeouts. And Patrick Mahomes. And you are – all you need is a field goal. Right. I mean, even if the Lions get held to a field goal, you now need a touchdown. Right. And you haven't done that all night, uh, or at least since the first half. So, I mean, uh, to me, it was just bizarre. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. (laughs) And then, of course, not only does he have an opportunity to go for it on 4th and 20, but then he gets bailed out by Jawan Taylor, who, God love it. I do not understand how the referees allow him to move so much before a snap. It was incredible how much movement he had. And he's also in the legal formation. I mean, he's backed up. So far right. on, on, uh, on the line of scrimmage. I mean, that was, that was ridiculous. Well, you know, the the, the referees and how the Lions didn't see that and complain about it. I do wonder if they did. I didn't watch his presser. But, man, that was a joke how he was lined up last night, and they finally got that at the end of the game.
1: Well, and it was funny, too, because uh, the NBC crew pointed it out early in the game. Right? And, and I'm thinking, yeah. why did it take so long? I mean, I you know, it's almost like you'd think the people at the NFL would be watching that and going, "Hey, we might want, we, we might want to let the referees know." So, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, it was it was blatant. It wasn't even close, right?
0: I don't know who Kansas City is playing next week, but if Jacksonville that coach is not going up to the official, so Jacksonville. So if Doug Peterson's not going up to the referee before the game and saying, Taylor's got, I mean, and that's so funny because they had Taylor the entire time. Right. So maybe they knew it too. Right. So, uh, I mean, they got to go up to the officials and say something. He's, it's crazy how he's getting away with that.
1: Um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to some other stuff before we get to your fearless predictions for the, uh, for the games this week. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals locked down Joe Burrow. Um, now, yes, they did. uh, and, uh, the man got paid. He's going to get an average of $55 million a year, making him in, in terms of an annual average value on a contract, the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes poor guy, is poor guys only making $45 million a year. Joe Burrow now at 55. And I guess the good news is that $55 million man is, looks like he's going to be able to play this week.
0: Oh, no question. And, and you know, uh, we said it before the season for the AFC quarterbacks. I mean, there's no more free lunch. Like, you have to prove yourself. Joe Burrow is not in that category. I mean, Joe Burrow has done everything that he's, uh, he's supposed to do outside of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he's been in MVP conversations. He's gotten his team to two straight AFC championship games. He's gotten his team to a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, what more do you need outside of winning a Super Bowl? I mean, he right. is the guy. He's got that killer instinct. I think it's interesting though when you bring up Mahomes and his contract that he's getting paid 45 million a year and I think that's the tricky negotiation with Chris Jones. Is if they pay Chris Jones at this top level defensive tackle spot like they like he wants, right? Yep. What does that say to Mahomes? Right. Mahomes is Mahomes is what the eighth highest paid, seventh highest paid quarterback? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't Lee Steinberg just walk up to to Clark Hunt's office and say, uh, you know, you're paying your D tackle number one money. <laughs> right. Your quarterback's the best, the best in the league. You know, some saying is that he's already one of the best ever, and this is what he's getting paid. I right. mean, are you serious? So that's the trickiness about the Chris Jones negotiation. But they badly need Chris Jones. As far as Joe Burrow goes, though, I mean, I think there's a no-brainer. Mike Brown knows a good deal on this one, and he made a good deal on this one. I mean, he had to pay Joe Burrow, and he's going to be the franchise for a long time.
1: Well, and you look at, you know, it's it's uh, it's great that they locked him up, but think about this. Uh, T. Higgins is going to be eligible for an extension. Uh, Jamar Chase mm-hmm. will be eligible for an extension at the end of this season. So now, I mean, you've signed him. You're almost at a position now where now you've got two huge targets for him that need to get paid as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uncharacteristic of, of Mike Brown. Right? Yes, he's exactly. Extremely cheap for as long as he's on the team. Um, I think that they're going to try to lock up chase and Higgins this summer. I'm assuming that that is going to inevitably lead to Tyler Boyd being in his last year Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. So there's some, there's some pieces or some players like Jesse Bates. He wasn't going to get his contract before Joe Burrow. Let me tell you, that's why he's in Atlanta, but you know, uh, look, it's going to be, you know, a cap juggle. Sure. But, when you're in the AFC Championship game every year, is it worth it? It uh, sounds like it to me.
1: Well, there's, there's a lot of other teams that would sign up for that without question. Uh, speaking about getting paid, uh, Nick Bosa got paid. Uh, he becomes hmm. the NFL's richest defensive player ever. $170 million bucks over five seasons. 122 dollars of that is guaranteed. He's getting $34 million a year, which beats what Aaron Donald uh, was getting from the Rams.
0: And he had all the leverage, right? I right. mean, if the 49ers weren't going to pay him, somebody else was. I yeah. mean, that's, there's no question about that. And the 49ers, 49ers are dishing out cash left and right. <laughs> Both has got one. Hargraves has got one. Right. I mean, uh, the Silicon Valley stuff. I mean, they're making, I know they make a good amount of money out out there in the Valley, but geez, um, Debo's got a huge contract now. I mean, that they've signed him to Christian McCaffrey's the highest paid running back. I mean, There's, there's a lot to go around and it just goes to show you once again, the luckiest place on earth is San Francisco (laughs) with their quarterback situation. Because if Purdy hadn't fallen to them and hadn't gotten to them, my goodness, if Trey Lance had worked out, there's no way they could keep all these guys. It is a miracle that they're able to stack their, their roster the way they are. And as well, have a quarterback that gets paid very, very little. So um to me it's the super bowl or bust for them for really the next two years i mean they're pretty much if purdy doesn't work out this year you know they might have to go on a discount and look for other players but still i think right now they've got this two-year window where they have to execute they have to succeed and it all starts now because san francisco knows you know how close they were last year can they get purdy to play at that high level that's the big question but bosa's all again another 100 percent worth it
1: yeah it's funny i I hadn't thought about that about how fortunate i guess san francisco was with purdy i hadn't hadn't even thought of that you're right if they were still having to if they had to pay Trey lance or jimmy garoppolo uh you're right they probably don't have that kind of money That's 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 pretty strange. Um, The other thing I know I'm going to make you predict this game later, but uh, the uh, the Patriots game this week, um, and and this is now everybody you know with (sighs) when the Patriots. We're not going to talk about the prediction yet. Just relax, relax. We'll talk. (laughs) This is this is I know know. there's a lot of stress in your household this week. I get that. Yeah, Um, you're not um, lying. Yeah, Um, but with when the Patriots made the decision to cut Bailey Zappi and turn and basically stop all the talk from Patriots fans that want Zappi as their quarterback, the people that are smoking a whole lot of dope, um, but the people that wanted him to be their quarterback. They turn it over to Mac Jones. Now this is offic- officially, right, Mac Jones's team. Isn't it ironic that the first game that it is officially uh, Mac Jones's team, Tom Brady's going to be there? And, oh, and they're kind mean, of, you know, I mean, it, can you, I mean, talk about irony. The poor guy can't even, can't even get in the spotlight for a game. And Tom Brady's going to steal that.
0: Right. I mean, Kraft, I mean, I, I love, God love Kraft. He's he's a great owner, but I mean, you're putting this kid out. You want <laughs> yes. this kid to be the face of the franchise. Yes. And the first game of the year, if they're getting blown out at halftime against the Eagles, there wasn't no everybody's t- nose in the building that Tom Brady could walk onto the field in the yeah. second half and probably do better. Yeah, I mean, can we sign him up? <laughs> seriously. Oh. Man, he said he was going to do something. He said he was going to do something very unique and special. I don't know what it is. If it's a one day contract, sign me up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but, um, oh. <laughs> but no, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I, the Bailey Zappi thing was interesting. So, there's a rule in the NFL this year about the third quarterback, right, right? that you have to that you can have an emergency quarterback and yep. that you had to declare that third quarterback and that he didn't count necessarily or he counted against the the fifty three man if you if you declare him you had to declare him now in the rules, what happened was that Belichick seemed as if he kind of found a loophole in that rule as he tends to do, right. Where it said he had to declare the third quarterback, right? Right. It never says you have to declare the second quarterback. And when <sighs> Bailey Zappi was placed on practice squad, to me, just kind of understanding the rule and 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 hearing from people that were involved with it, Bailey Zappi is going to be the backup quarterback, and 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 or at least was going to be the backup quarterback. It seems like he will probably will be anyway. But he would have been the second quarterback undeclared and wouldn't have counted against a 53-man roster to have them get a, uh, a second or an extra spot on right. the roster for Sunday. Well, the NFL came down on that this week and said, now, no, you have to have a second and third quarterback you have has to be declared. <laughs> right. So I think... I don't know if Belichick was trying to play the numbers game. Of course he was. And the quarterbacks. Of course he was, right? (laughs) And then they signed Matt Corral. Oh, yeah, Matt Corral. He'll be the backup. No, no, no. Matt Corral's not being the backup being here for two weeks. No, sir. I mean, Bailey Zappi is going to be the backup quarterback, and I think he was just trying to play around with the numbers. Malik Cunningham, of course, is going to be here because he's got to get a look. Right. But I think it does speak to something, and and it does speak to – I think the owner does have his hand much more – in, in this organization than he has had in the past. And I think he wants to make sure that Mac Jones is as comfortable as possible as the starter. Now, that doesn't mean that Mac Jones is the franchise, right. remember. That right. He's just the starter. Right. The franchise is a whole different story. That's This is for Mac Jones to take the reins this year if he wants to be the, the starter long-term, right? So, to me, that's what this whole thing is about. Uh, I am surprised – that he did not, um, that he did not go to a different team. I, I, I heard a few rumblings yep. that the Bills, the Lions, were looking at him for practice squad purposes. He cleared waivers, but um, I think with the team here, I think he knows. I think he might have known that he was still going to have a spot as a backup. Um, what What is the rule? Can
1: like if if he technically is he's on their practice squad now, right? Uh, isn't that what they did? They uh-huh. signed. Can they move guys back and forth from the practice squad to the fifty-three all season? Can they do that as so much they as have, they want?
0: They have limit. They're, they're not as much as they want. There is, there are limitations. I, it, right now, the number escapes me as how many times you can move a guy up and down from practice squad. But okay, but they can they can mess with the roster. Remember, you're, you declare fifty-three, but you only have forty-six active or forty-five right. active. Right. Okay. So so you know you you have to declare a certain number of guys out. Now that could be Matt Corral. That could be Bailey Zappi, depending on okay. you know how they stack it. But usually, no, there's a limitation to okay. how many how many times you can bring a guy up and down.
1: All right, uh, all right. Let's uh, let's start working our way through the games uh, in the NFL this week. I got seven of them for you. Um, and is, you know, I probably could have had you pick a whole – there's some games that just I'm not – you know, you, you look at it and you go, ugh. But there's some pretty intriguing games. Yeah, we're
0: not we're not, we're not touching – I don't think we're touching Arizona, Washington. No, we
1: and both. we're not but touching right. Baltimore and Houston either. You know, I mean, just, yeah. uh, you look at those and you go, yeah, I don't think so. But let's start with, with a very, very intriguing game. And we've already brought up the San Francisco 49ers. But the 49ers are at Pittsburgh. And – I like this Pittsburgh team. I'm a big Kenny Pickett fan. I, You know, Kenny Pickett is, to me, the quintessential Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. A lunch pail kind of guy, right? Not real flashy, just mm-hmm. goes out there and works. And, I mean, and this is a guy that, you know, he came in and he, he sat for a few games and kind of worked his way in. And, I mean, with the way they finished the season – I think the expectations for him are pretty high this year, but he's going to have his hands full with a San Francisco team this week.
0: He definitely will, but he, you're right. I mean, he's a guy he gets his orders and he executes them. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, uh, I think he's he, he's definitely uh, progressed. You could see it in the preseason. What they did, I was so impressed against Buffalo in the preseason when their starters went up against their number ones in Buffalo. I mean, they took them to the woodshed. Right. Um, so I, I thought that that was. That was impressive, and I think that they're taking a step up. To me, you know, Kyle Shanahan in these games, especially in Week One, typically hasn't had his team ready to go. And with Bosa being out, hasn't been at practice, and he's practicing for what three days? Right. And then they're going to play, go fly out to Pittsburgh. Purdy didn't have any of an off season. I understand that they have a a great you know roster around him. I think Pittsburgh's defensive line is going to give San Francisco a lot of trouble. I know Trent Williams is there, and we talked about Trent Williams. Who else on of that offensive line kind of scares you? Right. I mean, McGlinchey is gone. Right. They don't have any real other super uber talented guy. And and Pittsburgh's D line. I mean, you don't realize that. Yes, T.J. Watt, but Alex Highsmith had 15 sacks last year, and he had and he led the league in four swumbles. He had mm. five four fumbles yeah. last year. They have some dogs. I mean, they got Cam Hayward in there still. Right. They still have Mika Fitzpatrick and, and Patrick Peterson in the back end. So, you know, they've got a, that's going to be a tough, tough uphill battle. I think for San Francisco. I think this game's going to be a real black and blue game. To me, I think Tomlin in, in these spots, especially early in the season, he has his team more ready to go than most teams. I think it's a spot for him. He'll set the standard because that's what the standard is. The standard. And I think Pittsburgh's going to walk out week one with a victory. And I don't think it'll be that surprising. San Francisco, remember, lost last year in Chicago right. to Justin Fields and the Bears in that rainstorm. I think it's going to be probably a similar output. But look out for, San Fr- for, for Pittsburgh's passing game. I think that they really can hit some deep shots down the field. This is a little bit of a, a new crew at the cornerback position for San Francisco.
1: So San Francisco, two and a half point favorite, and they're going down according to Dan Zampano. Um, one one thing, more thing about this. It, with the surgery that Brock Purdy had in the offseason and you know they say he's ready to go, how much should we read into week one with him in terms of Accuracy and arm strength, or is this still going to be, hey, he's still not 100%? Uh,
0: I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think I think you have to temper expectations. We always say this every year, and it rings so true. Do not overreact to week one. Your team right. might look at the Chiefs. Right. I mean, like, is there going to be a classic example next week of overreaction? So, um, to me, I, I think the... I think the overarching theme for him this this year is just get a little bit better each game, a little bit better each game. And as your arm strength comes back, solely your confidence, uh, they got to protect him. There's no question. But I, I think if he can just incrementally progress, he doesn't have to be great. He's just got to be, he's basically got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. That's really all he has to be. Right. And they can execute this offense. Um,
1: the next game, not exactly what you would call a sexy game, but. I want to talk about it anyway because one of the teams, the uh New Orleans Saints is a team you picked to win the NFC South, which is uh which mm-hmm. is which is threatening to be the NFL's version of a dumb off this year, uh, where where a team <laughs> under five hundred might make the playoffs. Um, New Orleans is at home. They're a three point favorite with Tennessee, but the thing obviously to watch here is the debut for Derek Carr, uh with the New Orleans Saints, a guy who was Underwhelming with the Raiders, would they make the playoffs twice? I think when he was with mm-hmm. the Raiders. So yeah, what and he uh, didn't
0: even he didn't even play in the playoff game. Yeah,
1: exactly. So now um, that he was the number one target for the New Orleans Saints in the free agents uh, market this year, so there's been a lot put on his shoulders, and they are a three point favorite at home against Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, I think this is again another one of those things where uh, who has their team ready to play? You know, I think this is going to be a, a definitely a new unit for New Orleans. But I think New Orleans has looked good in the off season. I thought they looked good in preseason. Uh, to me, I just wonder. First game, a lot of new young players in Tennessee. Right. Ryan Tannehill coming back. Uh, missed a lot of time last year. He's healthy. The key is going to be Henry. Obviously, they're going to have to stop him. But how good, how, how much are Tennessee going to, to feed D-Hop? And can they feed anybody else around D-Hop? I mean, this this team just, you know, you, you got to be careful because this is a young offensive line with guys in the NFL that, yes, have played a little bit, right. but also haven't been great for those teams that they played for. They're a little bit of journeyman on the offensive line. They got the Peter Skoronsky kid in Northwestern, who I love, who's probably going to play right tackle this year. Uh, so that's good, but but New Orleans defense and how Dennis Allen uh, schemes these games up. I mean, you see consistency throughout their scheme more than anybody really in football. They've had the same thing. Allen Allen was there with Sean Payton. Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, was there forever with Sean Payton. It's going to be a very similar offense. The question is, how do they how do they get the production they need at the running back position without Kamara? Yeah, that's a real. That's a real interesting wrinkle well, into this game. And uh, go ahead. Sorry. The thing
1: I saw with Kamara is they don't look; they don't fare very well when he's not in the lineup. I think I I read they're three and seven since they drafted him. They're three and seven in games when he does not play,
0: and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it, it you know he he makes that engine go.
1: The Swiss Army knife. However,
0: I do think I, I do think that uh, I do think that the kid Miller back there is is going to be good enough to, to keep things going. And Jamal Williams, if they use them uh, kind of as that one, two punch, like they have, how the lions use Gibbs and Montgomery last night, I think that could be a really good game plan for them up front. And then of course, you know, I mean, I think Chris Olave is a guy and if Michael Thomas can get back to, to form, I think Chris Olave, uh, Chris Olave and him can be a really dangerous deep threat. I'm going to take the saints here in this yeah. game. I, you know, they're at home week one, tough place to play. Tennessee, a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience. I think it'll be a close game. I think Mike Grable will 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 execute it and 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 game plan it to the point where they'll be close. But I think at the end of the day, this is New Orleans uh, going to walk out of here with a one zero record. All
1: right, let's uh, let's do the game that uh, you're dreading to, to see this week. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are at the Patriots. The Eagles are <laughs> are only a four point favorite, and I have to be honest, I was surprised they are only a four-point favorite, uh, Mac Jones with a lot to prove, and the Patriots with new kickers as well. I mean, how about that? New kickers. Yeah, new punter, new kicker. I mean, and, and, and yeah. you know, it's it, – <laughs> it is and, and a new offensive coordinator. There is a lot to kind of uh, look at New England and go, there's a lot of question marks there. And so that's why I'm surprised the Eagles are only a four-point favorite.
0: Well, I agree with you. I am surprised the Eagles are a four point favorite. But I will say this has been the most fluctuating game that Vegas has had all summer. This opened to three and a half. It got immediately taken up to five and a half. Mm-hmm. But now it's been come it came back down again just a few weeks ago to three and a half and now it's back up to four, four and a half in some places. So this one's been all over the board. I can tell you the sharp money, the the pros that do this are very, very much on the Patriots. Really? Very, very much on the Patriots. Wow. Um, it just is one of those things. It's a long-term play, in my opinion, because you know the, the worry for the New England Patriots is this. This offensive line has to gel. right? has to gel. And I do wonder, I do wonder Gene, are they just going to hold Cole Strange and Mike Onwenu out? I mean, yeah. I, I do wonder that. Well, and when you didn't practice these yesterday. Guys have a, right. I mean, are these guys ready to play? Right. And, I, and I could see Belichick going like, listen, it's a long season. We know about this game. This is a really, really tough football team. It would be probably better for us to get our rookies acclimated to this, and and let our guys that we rely on mm-hmm. get healthy uh, for next week. So, uh, you know, that's it's going to be interesting what he does now. Jack Jones sounds like he's going to be out, and yep. you know, that's a whole other story with his off the field. But his hamstring, right? So it sounds like he's gone. They are, they are really low on corners. They are low on offensive linemen, I, I, and especially against this team like the Eagles, where their best weapons are their D-line and their wide receivers. Uh, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Now, now, do I think the Patriots can win? I do think they can win. If they, execute, if they execute their run game, if they can get the ball to Hunter Henry in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. I think you can exploit the Eagles deep down in the middle of the field area. Uh, I don't think their linebackers and, and safeties are, are very good. So I think that that's a possibility. And then on defense, you know, what are they going to do? They've been practicing all summer for this weird six back offense, you would say uh, with Jalen hurts. It's, it's a very, very strange offense that nobody else really runs. And Belichick's had all summer to figure out a game plan for this. And they've got a lot of speed now on their defense. I am very intrigued to see how good this defense really is because it's not going to take a lot for the offense to be better. They were 24th in the league last year. Mm -hmm. If they can get into the top half of the league, 16, 15, and then have the same top eight, top five defense, I mean, that would be really, really good for this team. Does it translate to a win this Sunday, though? I just don't see it. I, I, I I just can't. I cannot see this team going and having this tough of a game this stuff of a defensive line and being able to get it done. I'm going to take the. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles.
1: All right. Uh, next one. Uh, interesting matchup for several reasons. Miami is heading to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Chargers are a three-point favorite. Chargers, a team you do not believe will make the playoffs this year, um, mm-hmm. but a Charger team that beat this Miami team last year. Uh, Herbert had a huge game against the Dolphins last year, but new defensive scheme for the, uh, the Dolphins with Vic Fangio, the new defensive coordinator. However, no Jalen Ramsey. How much does that hurt this Miami defense?
0: Well, you know, I gotta be honest. I think, I think Miami without Jalen Ramsey, I think the, you know, they're pretty much generally the same secondary for okay. the
1: most part. Okay.
0: Um, you know, they did bring in Eli Apple. Yep. So that's a really, you know, at least that would be an upgrade over what they had. But I I agree with you. I think that that Miami, uh, their defensive scheme is going to be very, very different. I think that the one thing I will say, though, is this. New is not necessarily great in week one. And, you know, we think of new as better. Mm -hmm. New is not always better in a lot of cases. Uh, especially early on, sometimes it takes time for that to develop. The Chargers made exactly one offseason move <laughs> on their entire roster, right? And that was exchanging Drew Tranquil, the middle linebacker, for Eric Kendricks. Mm-hmm. That was it. They literally did not do right. anything else. Right? And we have not seen this Charger team at full health in a long time, right? Joey Bosa, Rashawn Slater, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. The list goes on and on and on. With the amount of injuries this team sustains year after year, this is the healthiest the Chargers are going to be. I think it'll be a close game, uh, no question. I, I remember last year the crazy play that happened was that fumble that uh, Tyree Kill picked up and, right. and took to the house. You know that, that happened on that Sunday night. But the Chargers executed in the fourth quarter much better. I do think the Chargers will come out and win this game. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I just, I, I you know, I'm not super confident in that pick. To be quite honest with you. But I do think the Chargers will come out. They'll execute on offense. Uh, But, again, I think the Chargers are going to be better in the beginning of the season. I think the end of the season and where their health is is a major concern for me. So I'll take the Chargers to get it done with a fully healthy unit on the field.
1: Um, The oldest rivalry in the NFL uh, resumes this week, and the Green Bay Packers will be at the Chicago Bears. The Bears, oh. the Bears are a one and a half point favorite. Um, Jordan, Can you believe it? N- no, I, I don't. I don't see it. I don't understand it. But you know, I don't make the odds. But all here's what I know: Aaron Rodgers was twenty five and five against the Bears, and Brett Favre was damn near as good. I mean, they have owned the Bears, right? I mean, just owned them in the last what thirty years, <laughs> and and. I just don't. I don't see it. I. I really don't. I just. I, and the the Bears defense to me. I mean, it used to be. You always used to say, well, the Bears can be in every game because their defense is that good. I don't think their defense is that good. I wouldn't be surprised. Not only that, Green Bay wins this game, that they win it big.
0: That they spank them. Yes. They spank them, Gene. They'll spank yeah. them. They will put them to bed. They will put baby powder all over their little <laughs> puppets and good night. I mean, that's it. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did we not know that Green Bay they have the best defense in this division yep. by far? Right. What line of scrimmage is Chicago gonna is Chicago gonna own? Which one? Not neither. I, maybe the yeah. maybe the the punt team. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I I, I just don't see it. Yeah, and I and- get it. We love Justin Fields. I love it. everybody loves Justin Fields has yet to prove that he can consistently throw the ball down the field. Maybe they execute in a different way. Maybe they start throwing screen passes all over the field. <laughs> hmm. Where have we heard that before? Right, right. Throwing screen passes on every play. That really seems to work, doesn't it? I mean, this is ridiculous. I I, I think we're going to see the, the, the coming of Jordan Love. This game. I mean, this yeah. is going to be awesome. I, I am. I am really fired up. I, I told you, I think Jordan Love, he could be a dark horse MVP candidate in my eyes. I really believe that. I, I think if he if he is as he as everybody thinks that he is, he looks like he's got the athleticism, the command of the offense. They have very young receivers. The one thing is that Christian Watson is a little banged up. Romeo Dobbs. I'm not sure if he's going to go, but I like these young tight ends. I think they could be good. I think they got to rely on Aaron Jones a lot in this game, and AJ Dillon. But this defense of Green Bay, I mean, I I do not expect Justin Fields to do much in this game, to be honest with you. They're really going to have to to find creative ways to get guys open. And, you know, I I think Green Bay, I, I agree with you, I think a touchdown or more is definitely in play for the Packers.
1: I mean, Justin Fields last year, I mean, he got sacked 55 times last year. 55 times that was the most in the NFL I think he and Russell Wilson got hammered the most last year and and it with the that Packer defense I don't see how it's any different I just don't I just don't get it I'm glad we I'm glad we agree on something
0: I know it's like the you know give it some time Gene don't
1: worry this is week one all right uh now another storied rivalry the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants The Cowboys, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Tony Pollard show uh, begins in earnest as he is now the guy. Um, Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays for Dak Prescott this year. A lot of people seem to think that that could be a big difference maker for this team. Um, How do you see this one coming down?
0: I, I kind of just see it as the same thing as last year. I mean, Monday Night Football last year, Cooper Rush came in and won that game against the Giants. Finally, finally got them off and yep. and knocked them off. And then later on Thanksgiving, I mean, the, the Cowboys are just better offensively, defensively. They just have more talent. Um, uh, Micah Parsons ate up uh, Jones in that Thanksgiving game, and then and then they also added Stephon Gilmore, and and so they've got Gilmore and Trevon Diggs on the outside to cover. Who? I mean, who who are the wide receivers now for for the New York Giants? Can somebody name me one wide receiver? Maybe I mean, Paris Campbell. you know, we're going with, with okay, there you go. <laughs> Paris Campbell who I've been waiting on for 5 years to do. This year. going to be you know, you know you know, point. Who,
1: you know who I think, you know who I think could be a weapon for the Giants. I really
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and is Darren Waller?
0: Oh, of course.
1: You know, yeah. and, I, and he's going
0: to
1: be good. Here is what I I I watch Darren Waller play, and you know who he reminds me of. And you're probably a little young, but he reminds me of of he might be like the new Mark Bavaro for the New York Giants.
0: Uh, yes.
1: You know, I mean, yeah, I, I think, think that I think with a
0: lot more length.
1: Yes, but I think he could be. I think he may end up being Daniel Jones's favorite target this year.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, who else is he going to throw right? James? Well, yes. I mean, well, Paris Campbell. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, Paris Campbell. Yeah, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie. I mean, uh, who? Londell uh, Robinson. You got, got. I mean, this is. We're not talking about the 1927 Yankees here. I mean, this is like top. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The Frank Frank Gifford's not walking nope. out the door. You know, as much as the Giants fans would love him to, right? I mean, this is uh, this is going to be a tough game. I just think Dallas has too much talent. I think Pollard. Pollard has to prove early on that, that he's the guy. And I think he will. I mean, his explosiveness, I don't think people realize how explosive this guy is. And when he touches the ball, I think he could score every play. He really can. I mean, the guy had half of the carries he really should have had last year and he had 1100 yards
1: rushing right. and he had a,
0: and he only had like 30 receptions. I mean, his, his passing game, I think is going to be electric to watch him in that and, and who's the backup for Dallas's running back? I think that's another key question. But right. I think you're right. Offensive line, D line, the weapons they have, just don't throw the ball to the other team, Dak Prescott. <laughs> and they win. All
1: right. Uh and then the final game, the Monday night game, if there could be
0: a, oh, po- boy, this a is tough.
1: if there could be a poster game for the NFL in terms of watchability and drama and, you know, storylines. You've got the new quarterback, the new old quarterback in New York in Aaron Rodgers and the return of DeMar Hamlin for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. I mean, can can it be any more dramatic? Uh, Buffalo at the New York Jets, the Bills are a two-and-a-half point favorite.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I think it's, it's going to be – Oozing expectations. Yeah. Uh, I am more than excited to see Aaron Rodgers play this. I just want to see what it looks like. You know, I I really, really do. Because is it going to be as good as they say, as good as advertised? Is the NFL script going to just give the Jets <laughs> this first week one and build the hype even more? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. Lest we forget, you know, Josh Allen's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in case we forgot, he's <laughs> yeah, not bad. Uh, I, 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 yeah, not bad. Um, Stephon Diggs again. He'll be out there. Uh, we got to get better play from from all the other weapons around, him, including Gabe Davis. How Kincaid plays as a rookie in his first game, we'll see how he does. Um, but Buffalo, I think the concern for them is, I think the concern for them is probably just the back end, mm-hmm. you know, of their of their secondary. <laughs> Because, you know, I think that's an older group. Um, now, again, like I said, they're not going to be any healthier than they are than right now. I mean, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, you know, that, those types of guys getting up in age a little bit. Right. Getting up in age. And you've got some of these young pop receivers from from the Jets, including Wilson, that's, that's going to be very difficult to handle. Can Diggs get open on Sauce Gardner? I think that's another really good matchup that we're going to see in uh, in the first week I think it comes down to who can control the line of scrimmage well, again like th- th- like always and I, I I think the Jets really are going to have a hard time uh you know with the offensive line but Von Miller's not playing so this right. is a very even game
1: yeah see that's what I was I, I was thinking you know you're talking about the back end of the secondary but at the same time that that Jets offensive line isn't you know anything to write home about and is Aaron Rodgers going to spend a lot of time running for his life, and is he going to be able to look deep down the field? Uh,
0: you know, again, it's going to come down to, are they going to get those quick hitters? I mean, him and Nathaniel Hackett are going to be in sync. There's no question about that. Yep. But but if, if the game turns into a drop-back pass game, can the Jets execute it? I've been thinking about this game all week. I, I am just torn to pieces about what it will be. At the end of the day, I'm just going to take the Bills. I, I know they're going into into New York, and this hype train is going. But we have to remember one thing: this is the New York Jets. Right. Okay. What can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and you know, to 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 their credit, to their credit, they're going to be a much better team this year. They've their roster has been built to execute and be really, really talented. Yep. Um, but but week one. I'm going to temper my expectations. Let me see it work. I'm very, very interested to see if it works, um, especially with that offensive line. So Buffalo holding my nose. I'm not confident in it, but <laughs> I'll take the Bills. All right. Uh, just
1: one quick question. Who has a better game in the Denver-Las Vegas game as a quarterback? Which quarterback has a better game?
0: Oh, I I you know I, I like Vegas's defense has gotten a lot better. Yep. I don't know if they're all the way home yet though. Yep. Uh, to me, you know what? I'm going to stay on brand. I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. because <laughs> <I think laughs> no, of course he's you. more going to be he's going to be more in sync with with his offensive coordinator I think than Russell. Okay. Russell right. will be with Sean Payton. So I I'm not sold on the Broncos quite yet. I I I'm going to take the Raiders. I like what I saw with the Raiders this summer.
1: Okay. All right, my friend. Well, listen, uh, I I can't. We're back. We're back, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you on every game and or every week. I mean, and uh, I I cannot wait. I I think the game I am most looking forward to this week, honestly, is 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 the uh, the Buffalo New York game. I mean, just because just because you know, I just want to see if all the hype. Is worth it in terms of what Aaron Rodgers is going to bring to this Jets team, and hey, and don't forget, I mean they've got Dalvin Cook too, right? I mean, you know, it's not yeah. like you know. I, I mean, mean, I
0: don't know, I don't know. Is he, he going to play this week? I, I don't. I, I have not. There. I
1: haven't seen whether he's going to play or not. But if he does, I mean, that's you know, that is. A huge weapon that they're going to have. If he doesn't play, yeah. then then it then it falls more on Rogers. But I cannot wait for that Monday night game, and I I just hope to hell I hope to hell it, it it is as good as last night's game was. As much as it was a sloppy game last night, at least it was compelling right to the very end, right?
0: Right, exactly. You were you were in it to win it, and hey, don't forget, Brees Hall is also at the running back position too. So that's true, and he's gonna he's gonna be pretty good. So uh, listen, this, this Jets train, I mean. It's going to be fun to watch all year long, and I, I wish I was back in New York with WFAN. I really.
1: Oh, it looks like I lost him. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I, we lost Dan. So, uh, but we uh, we look forward to uh, to having him every uh, week here on Sports Country Radio and. Uh, uh, Lots of great games this week, so we'll uh, we'll have him on next week to, uh, to dissect his picks, and hopefully uh, they'll be a little bit better than they were <laughs> last year. Dan struggled a bit last year, but uh, we look forward to having him on uh, again next week. Hey, uh, as they leave you this morning, as we have done a couple other days this week, we're going to leave you with some music from Jimmy Buffett. This one still hurts, a uh, big part of the, the soundtrack of my life, and uh, uh, genuinely a good guy, and uh, passed away this week at the age of 76, so... Uh, one last time this week. Here's from Jimmy Buffett on our way out. A Pirate Looks at 40. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.